Kia ora, I'm Jen. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to a TARDIS of one's own. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. It's been so long that we basically forgot the intro of our podcast. <laughs> like literally that just happened. Uh, so, hi everyone. Yeah, apologies for the inopportune, inopportune break. We've had lots of health and emotional woes, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, YOLO. Uh, when, you know when a band goes on a break? Uh, yeah. Creative hiatus. We had a, we were pursuing independent projects, and yeah. um, we found our way back to each other. We have, yeah. Um. Stronger than ever before. <laughs> Happier, stronger. Yeah. yeah. Higher, yeah, faster. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Those things. Yeah, we've just had a lot on. Um, we, yeah. And I reckon, like, I think more of it has been me than you, so I appreciate that. That's all right. I was sick, and then I had some drama. <laughs> we love drama. You it's know fine. I it's love sorted. Drama. Everything's great. Stronger than before, but you know. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And we make accommodations for that because yeah. like, oh, we have builders too. Yes, we did have builders in this and... room. Yeah, um, that we're we recording in. We're back in Shaijin. <laughs> yeah, but now it's actually the studio slash spare room. Yeah, instead of my bedroom. Bedroom <laughs> sessions. Less intimate, <laughs> but you know, we'll get there. More functional. We have a table now. Yeah, handy. Woo. It does help. Yeah, it's extremely handy. <laughs> okay, well, how has your week been? Fine. Um, so I was sick last week, back in the office this Monday. Ugh. But, like, fine, whatever. Jen was away, so mm. I came back into the office with, like, one other colleague who isn't even a friend, and that was just, like, kind of grim. But I've been fine. You know, lots of work on. I had to work from home for some other stuff. But, you know, I like working from home, but then it's, like, it's a different vibe. Yeah, I agree. It is nice. It's a different vibe. Well, it's nice when you're in the office and we can do friend chats. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. I mean, yeah, just getting stuff done is easier sometimes in the office, right? Because it's just yeah, a different it mindset. Is. Yeah. But there has been some work stuff going down, <sighs> as you know, far more acutely than me. And so it's just frustrating. And I don't like being frustrated. Like, it's just dumb. And it especially because it is dumb stuff. Like, it we is. won't go into the nitty gritty. No, no, but no. But it is, you know, people being incompetent. Yeah, which is my pet height. Yeah. I just want people to be good at their jobs. Or right. at least just make an attempt. No, this is at it. You don't job. have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. No. No one's fucking going to try. Just, yeah. The benefit, of course, of working from home is that we don't have to deal with annoying office men. This is extremely which, true. When you weren't there, oh. there was a moment where I came storming back from the kitchen and I said to our colleague, who was a, a man, bless him, and I was just like, the men in this office need to die. <laughs> and he was like, what have they done now? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And what they were doing is standing in front of everything that I need in the kitchen and not moving. Yes. Standing in front yes. of the microwave. Why are you making your sandwich directly in front of the microwave? There are other benches to use. Or just loitering in front of the sink and not using the well, sink. Our today, kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And as we've discussed ad nauseum on this <laughs> yeah, podcast, literally. the kitchen is not functional. I need men to have more situational awareness. Can you fucking imagine? Can you imagine? I know I mentioned this to you earlier today. Just not being constantly aware of the space you occupy. And maybe this is just something about, you know, occupying a female-identifying body that I'm hyper-aware of, like, am I in someone's way? Am I... Yeah. You know, like, today, we were in the kitchen, we were just doing our thing, we were leaving, I needed to rinse out the milk bottle, and a man is standing in front of the sink having a chat. I have to physically be like, excuse me, to indicate, because he has no idea that I'm, like, standing right next to him. And then he still doesn't move, but just looks at me, attempting to awkwardly, like, reach around him. Before he then moves, like, legit two centimetres. Yeah, it's unhelpful. I've really made an effort to not say sorry, because recently, yeah, usually yeah, yeah. I'm like, sorry, I just need to get in here, or sorry, yeah. can you just move? And Why I'm like, no, I don't say yeah. sorry anymore. Yeah, right. I'm just like, move. move. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, move. <laughs> so, right back at you, how was mm. your week? 
I've obviously was away on a little trip with my friend who was visiting from Australia, which was lovely. I hadn't yeah. seen her in about five years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, cool. it's been a long time. And it was just really relaxing. Went to Topo, swam in the lake, which was very cold. Yeah. But I did it. Brave. There were nice, like, warm patches that floated by occasionally, and I'd yeah. be like, oh, follow it. <laughs> um, but the hot pools were amazing. Mm, I so think cool. my brain liquefied while I was in yeah. there, because I was still tired the next day. New like, Zealand, bringing it <laughs> yeah. in terms of geothermal. It was a beautiful weekend as well. The weather was great. Anyway, it was lovely, and then I had to come back to work, and it was legit, like, that meme from Community, where Troy walks in, and, like, someone's <laughs> dead on the floor and everything's on fire that's what it felt like part of it I feel is like my fault because I've been asking too many questions and maybe if I hadn't asked questions it wouldn't be a problem that I would have to solve but in the interest of doing a good job I feel like I have to ask yeah you did crack the can and all the worms have just like come yeah worming out I put the cat among the pigeons if you will very consciously because I think I said to you cat pigeons etc as I waded into this chat yeah you did yeah um yeah so that's fine we're gonna sort it out I just want there to be consequences for it. That is what will make or break me, I because think. Because it's, it's this enabled incompetence, and I fucking hate it. Mm. And this happens often, typically, with guys. Not always, but I feel like there's, like, this thing of, like, there's a little bit more rope sometimes mm. than typically women get. But anyway. Yeah, you give you get more road, right? We definitely saw that with one of our colleagues that way more leeway for behaviour that is, would be called out on other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So it is interesting and it's frustrating. So, yeah, we'll just see. We've been just been incandescent with rage, which is a great theme to take into our episode, I guess. It's been so long since I watched it. Let's so... fine. We'll remember it as we go. Yes, please read the summary. Uh, I will. So this week we're discussing the two final episodes of season two. It's the end of season two already. Mm. Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. The ghosts of loved ones appear all over the world and the Doctor traces the phenomena to the Torchwood Tower, where some old friends and enemies are waiting. Earth becomes a battleground for the Daleks and the Cybermen. With the whole planet at stake and the Genesis arc activated, how much will the Doctor sacrifice in order to end the war? Bum, ba, da, bum. Answer, a lot. <laughs> Everything. Slash, yeah, I mean... Okay, so Bechdel test. I would say we had Jackie yeah, and Rose talking again, about... Jackie and Rose. <laughs> oh, there was also... Jackie and Yvonne, maybe, but mostly that was just Yvonne saying mean things. And the doctor asked, answering for Jackie, Ooh, really, but... Can I, can I just get this out of the way? That's Martha not playing Martha, right? Correct, yes. Like, so fucking confusing. I was like, oh, hey, Martha, I didn't realise we got we got introduced to no. her. And then I was like, what? No, they're calling her a different name. Like, yeah. They literally... <laughs> I think they retcon the Well, not retcon is they fixed this later by saying that was her cousin or something. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but it does wow, come she had up. an identical twin sister. <laughs> Wow. It's a family resemblance. It's fine. They were just like obviously really enjoyed her. I mean, there are, as I said previously, there are only 10 actors in the UK. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. we have to swap them out, okay? Oh, it's so funny. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay, yeah. So I, that was right. I was like, no, not really. But no, okay. She's just playing a completely different character and she comes back to someone else. Fine. Um... <laughs> Normal. Magic. Yeah, so she's in it, but then she's just talking to a lot of miscellaneous office dudes. Like, mm. there's not, and then like there's the tortured lady, but she's just like, yeah. I mean, I think it does, but again, like it's just lots of women milling around the men doing the main things, being active, yeah. action heroes. And even Rose has like obviously big part to play in this. Spoiler: her and the Doctor get separated forever. But it's again, she's just this kind of moon around the Doctor's yeah. planet. It was an interesting thing. Well, actually, no, let's save that. And I'll just go into the theme, the discussion question. I actually just wanted to talk about grief and the different ways that it manifests in life. And this came to me because the collective delusion 
And that happens in this episode, you know, everyone kind of accepts that these apparitions are ghosts of loved ones. And that, I think, comes from grief, right? And Pete 2.0 and Jackie's relationship is bound in grief too, because they both have their own issues. And there's also this intense grief from Rose and the Doctor here, which is expressed very differently at the end, right? So I think that difference is also interesting from a feminist perspective, because there was that Freudian tendency to treat grieving women as mentally unbalanced. So, Mm. you know, and there's also been a a move to study grief from a queer feminist perspective as something that sits outside the accepted ritual of grief, the traditional five stages. But in terms of who is mourned, how they are remembered, you know, like to quote Hamilton, who lives, who dies, who tells you a story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Liz Stanley wrote an essay called Mourning Becomes the Work of Feminism in the spaces between lives lived. And she says that mourning provides a powerful means to think with, to think about to the social world, about life and death, about justice and injustice, about wrongs done, and about memory and remembrance of those who once lived but are now dead. And then another thesis outline I read suggested that the designation of what is the right or wrong way to grieve is rooted in a patriarchal tradition that throughout history has characterized women's expression of grief as unhealthy and in need of medical intervention. Mm. So this idea that you have to medicalize to grieve or this, you know, how the way women would grieve would often be put down like you're being too emotional you're crying too much yeah yeah you're making too much noise you know the wailing Mm -hmm. tradition of some cultures and how that's often done by women yeah interesting and i think that whole idea that there is a way to do something and that way is the way dictated by the men and also the mischaracterization of grief is something that you just have to get over of and like recover from and that if you don't recover from your grief you've somehow failed like i think of queen victoria who basically grieved forever for her yeah, whole rest life. Of her life yeah which would be like people would be like just get over it you know yeah 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 so grief interesting stages of grief for sure as well i feel like a lot of denial was coming out in this episode yeah like in army of ghosts like jackie really wants that to be her dead dad we, mm. we discover that actually they aren't they're like this kind of like apparitionally forms of cybermen that haven't managed to kind of come through properly yet yeah but she really really wants it to be her dead dad and so was like stuck in denial that yeah. it is yeah and this is the power right this is mm-hmm. how they get a foothold because they yeah. really leverage this fact that what drives humanity and maybe this is a bit too deep but i think what drives a lot of us is that as a as a culture is this idea that you want you strive for immortality the way that the ancient egyptians were like obsessed with life right yeah, and yeah immortality yeah. and like the afterlife yeah. and preserving it and all this stuff and that's what you see here you're like oh if they're mm. the ghosts of my dead loved ones that's great it means i get them back but it's also a bit i think of being like oh this is mine gonna be my future like yeah, i yeah, can yeah. also come back as a ghost i won't leave the yeah. people i love Mm, interesting and i think for jackie in particular you know she has been abandoned so many times like pete died and left her then rose just pissed off with the doctor like there's a lot of loss in her life which makes her susceptible to this whole ghost thing and the doctor takes such glee in dismantling it which i think you know great from a scientific point of view but there is a level of like insensitivity to that to just shit on their you know beliefs that are really like it doesn't really matter like they just need something to hinge it on and so if you could have kind of dismantled that a bit more sensitively it kind of reminded me of how in the first cyberman episode we saw him just kill them you know he was just like let's just kill them all people in there yeah people who are experiencing Mm. horrific pain to the point that they die from it because they're emotionally overloaded yeah and now you're essentially subjecting I don't know. You know, there's this whole thing about conspiracy theories as well and how you're supposed to talk people down from them and you can't just yank it out. You have to, like, deconstruct the whole process. Like, deprogramming Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we're missing in this because people are just so hinged on their grief. And he's just, like, ripping it away and being like, no, this is you're wrong, this is silly. Mm. It's actually totally fucked and everything's bad. Yeah. And the anger as well, right? Like, people don't want to accept 
Like even no, Jackie no, 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 gets yeah. angry, right? Like when yeah. he tries to take it away and Yeah. And then that denial tracks all the way through to the end of Doomsday where Rose's like full born denial. Like yeah. she wants to be with the doctor, she wants to be the doctor forever, she has a real hard time accepting that that's done. And accepting that there is no going back right like mm. it's the classic thing when someone dies and you're like undo it like just make, yeah, yeah, make yeah. it better where she's <sighs> on the other yeah. side of the wall and she's like take me back take me back and yeah. it's like you can't go back yeah and to be fair that is she's justified in believing that because we've had two seasons of deus ex machina's bizarre saves at the last moment mm-hmm. the doctor pulling it out of the bag and you know so she could think actually you know he'll find a way he'll find a way yeah and it's awful when she realizes that he won't and this is it this is and the then she's, she still has that belief right at the end right because mm. he comes to her and like she has this vision this dream whatever and they go to bed yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's there like he's not yeah. he's he's found a way and he's like i'm burning up a star just to have this last moment with you mm. and she, even still in that moment she's like oh this is it he's gonna take me away yeah, and she yeah. has that shattered i know yeah I, the, I have a lot of thoughts so i'm trying to like piece them together in some sort of semblance maybe if we start with the beginning of army of ghosts i'd forgotten that opening mm. that uh, opens with that voiceover this is the day i died this is yeah, the story yeah, of how yeah. i died and it's not I'd because you've not that. died no 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 yeah yeah the true exactly and it's a little bit whatever the version of clickbait is but i'd forgotten that it opened with that mm. um but specifically that she says like nothing happened to her in her life until she met the doctor yeah I'm like, I don't feel that's true. Maybe... Also have to remember she's 19 years old. Yeah, like nothing's happening in your life because you are a child. Yeah. Like you were at school, nothing's going down for anyone whilst they're a child. You're just like existing. And it seems like despite bad stuff happening, like her husband dying, your mum did the best she could Mm. as a single mother, very working class single mother, Mm. to to bring you up in a nice flat all on her own. Yeah, she's very dismissive of the... The people who were in her life and supported her, right? Yeah. Like she's she doesn't think about them at all. She doesn't really think about Jackie. No. She doesn't think about Mickey. No, not at all. Both of who gave up their lives really for her, mm-hmm. like waiting around for her and stuff when she wasn't there. Yeah. And let's not forget that Mickey was accused of basically murdering her. Oh my god, for a year. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. But yeah, I do think like that whole this is a story about how I died is her grieving the life that she had with the doctor, right? But I also there's something really dark and twisted and unhealthy about well toxic about how she has tied her value to the doctor and i think we've discussed this before but like this mm. idea that without him i have no life yeah, yeah she's basically my, my life is pointless without him yeah, like yeah, yeah. i might as yeah. well just die yeah. right and in her mind she has died <sighs> yeah i hope she's got some therapy over I'm in not, the right? alternate universe in the alternate earth that she ends up stuck in forever yeah yeah and I yeah. think, like, just spoilers for future seasons. I don't know if you remember, but at the end of season four, mm-hmm. there's, like, a clone of Ten that then goes back with Rose and, like, lives with her. So she does get her own version of Ten. Oh, no, I forgot which that. Which rewards this narrative that she's nothing without him. Like, she just needs... You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's weird, a bit, like, yuck. She doesn't yeah. go on and, like, have a full, fulfilling life. She does no. eventually get rewarded with her Ten that she can live with. And I just... Ew, what? So then he, like, lives with her forever, but he's, like, not the real one. Nah. That's creepy. Yeah. In, like, a relationship? I mean, we'll get there eventually, but... Well, we don't know. You just see them... I presume they live happily ever after. So, lots of weird... Maybe kind of, like, segue into some random observations. Just, there was a lot of weird stuff going on in these episodes. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, There's an odd Ghostbusters skit at one point. Yeah, Ghostbusters. That was weird, right? Cringe. Like, <laughs> cringy weird. I think we liked it back then. I think that okay. was peak humour back in okay. 2005, 2006, whenever this was. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. 
the doctor to Yvonne, the Torchwood boss, yeah. being so rude about Jackie. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Like, this is such a actual misogyny. Yeah, like, like her age, vein. her yeah. looks, yeah. Yeah. Like, the how much she talks. It's gross. Yeah. And it's such a, it seems like such an, a low blow. And it's just played off as like, ha ha ha, so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, no, I know like, what's funny. Actually, like, and also Rose hearing him talk about her mother like this. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Jackie has ever behaved, like she's annoying, but she's oh, never yeah. behaved in a way that justifies that level of, and I know he's doing it in like a jokey way, but it's not, it's not it's funny. funny. No. Jackie's motherly concern really stood out to me in mm. this episode. Like when she's asking Rose, you know, what are you going to do? And Rose says, I'll keep, keep on traveling. And Jackie has that observation where she says, and you'll keep on changing. And in 40 years time, 50, there'll be this woman, this strange woman walking through the marketplace on some planet a billion miles from earth. But she's not Rose Tyler, not anymore. She's not even human. Because she's seeing mm. how much Rose is losing touch. Like, she doesn't really... She's becoming like the Doctor, right? Like, yeah, just yeah, disembodied. Yeah. Ripping people's beliefs from them and not really caring. Mm-hmm. Everything's a fun scientific experiment. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and no, I made that note too, that in 40, 50 years' time, not even human. Yeah. Like, the Void as a concept is interesting, I thought. You know, this idea of the mm. space between dimensions. Yeah. And it's this sphere, and it's filled with Daleks. Yeah. I love that he, there's that line where he says it's this void as the space between containing absolutely nothing. Imagine that. Nothing. No light, no dark, no up, no down, no life, no time. My people call it the void. The Eternals call it the Howling. But some people call it Hell. I just thought that was really mm. interesting. And this the fact that the Daleks could kind of weaponize that. And yeah, so like they've it. made this um, well, they're Genesis this- arc, which is that sphere thing that is a void ship so it can exist in the void but the it's time lords that made that yeah void. yeah yeah so they made it yeah but th- i thought that was really interesting and i wrote prison ship bad name <laughs> because the genesis arc maybe the time lords called it that for a different purpose yeah but well you know how in war they, you just reuse shit right yeah so maybe right they so maybe like, they were like oh well maybe it has some sort of like ability oh my god i just looked at it over there and there's a dalek yeah, Jen has a Jen has a wee Dalek next to a pirate ship. It's an alarm. on the shelf. <laughs> it's an alarm claw. Oh! And so wakes you up in the morning by going exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> I used to have two, but I sold it, and it, one used to live on my mum's desk at her work, and people would just it would go exterminate at night, like at five when they were supposed to go home, and people would just love it. Anyway, oh my god, so cute. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Um, <laughs> Void ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like interesting, just an interesting concept. Like, like you say that that the idea. Yeah, of that I, I would assume that... that the Time Lords would have built it as sort of exploratory, right? Like it's a ship they can use to travel through to other worlds, things like yeah, that. Yeah, or even the Time Lords are kind of dick bags, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe they did build it with this intention, but you know, sometimes like you give gross things nice names. Yeah, true. So anyway, yeah, they discovered that it's this prison ship. It's filled with Daleks, which brings us nicely to the Daleks we Simon men. Yeah. Um, which... So. <laughs> level assessment here sorry i interrupted you but i've got thoughts that these are meant to be two ultimate baddies right like the two ultimate baddies of all time i feel like it just got resolved really quickly i watched these two episodes with one of my partners as well and that was exactly his thoughts too he was like i feel like you could have had that ultimate massive battle as like a really long episode arc like even a whole series arc i okay and they crammed it into like i've got thoughts on this because i remember watching this live as it came out and because Mm. it was split over two weeks right so you watched one and you had to wait a week for the other it did feel quite monumental like it felt like a big thing i I think yeah well exactly i feel like because we're watching them you know we're basically binge watching right and i think that does change the narrative tension yeah that you experience as a viewer 
Because yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. just sitting in it for a week and you're you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, I can't wait until next week. Yeah. How is this going to resolve? Like that tension builds through that. No, that's um, a great point. And TV is made differently now. Yes. Because they're aware 100%. that we just run it all through together. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting point. Um, but I do love how they're just so snarky. Oh I my just God. really enjoy I'm them. I'm sure it's, we'll get it, we'll talk about it, but it's in my standouts as well. Yeah, same. Sassy Daleks. It's just so good. And I kind of love that everyone just turns up here by chance. Like the Cybermen came, they followed the Daleks because there was this whole punch through the void, but they didn't know they were following the Daleks. They were just like, hmm, void hole, let us go. Yeah. yeah then yeah. they try to take over the world because that's what they do. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mickey and co followed the Cybermen because they've already got beef with the Cybermen. Torchwood just, just be Torchwooding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the Doctor and Rosa are just vibing, really. And then it feels like something like that would happen, that people would just randomly turn up at something but like they that. They would just come across it and then like, yeah. oh, fuck, all right, cool, and then this it is turn- what we're doing now. Yeah, and it turns into a big, big old thing. Yeah. And I think another thing I really noticed with one of the main themes of series two for me has been the dangers of unchecked hubris. Like, I think we've seen mm. the Doctor and Rose get quite arrogant. Torchwood's arrogance and overconfidence causes the whole inf- conflict in this finale to happen. Yeah, um, interesting. And, yeah, and you know, Ten and Rose think they can fix everything and this is what causes Rose such anguish in the end because she just assumes that it'll automatically get fixed. They've become so cavalier and complacent when it comes to saving the world. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 because uh, it's happened a million times before. We've been in these sticky situations. Trading sassy quips yeah. and just expecting yeah, yeah, yeah. that it'll it's be fine. safe. It's like James right? Bond, you know, like doing the throwaway pun and then like everything's fine and yeah, actually but, like, no, this is the reckoning. Yeah, and actually there's a price to be paid for saving yep. the world. In this case, it happens to be that Rose is yeah. trapped in an alternate universe forever. There's so many different, like, I think grief is a really interesting one, but like you could have easily had heaps of on like sacrifice... I think, and, yeah, yeah, and thinking about Rose being stuck there and how she's, like, so desperate to get back to him, how much that must hurt Jackie. Yeah, like, to think fuck. that she is so willing to just abandon you, never see you again. Literally never see you again because of this rando guy. I know, and maybe that... Maybe we're doing their bond a disservice. Yeah. Like, you do, you know, grow and evolve past your parental-child connections in one direction more than the other, right? The child evolves and grows out of it mm-hmm. more than the parent does. But there's a grief in that, right? For yeah, the parent. oh yeah, yeah, sure, a loss, absolutely, yeah. Which also brings me to Jackie and Pete. I think Pete gives up way too quickly when he sees Jackie. He's got all these really good points about being like, she's not my wife, I don't actually know her, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's so fucking weird. I yeah. down Jackie plus Pete equals weird. Because they basically get to the point of like, you look like my old person let's just get it on and like all we've ever seen is them having dysfunctional and unhappy relationship like on both sides toxic relationship we talked about this during the dead dad episode because of their respective flaws right so now apparently and like alternative pete didn't look any better like i feel like they only got nostalgic about their relationship after the other person died so pete is like oh jackie because she's dead and jackie's like oh pete because he's dead but literally it's weird and then she ends up pregnant yeah, dude. Also, how old is she meant to be? And she's only meant to be like early 40s. Yeah. Because Rose is meant to be like 19, because she's not really like aged right over these two episodes, because no. she's zooming around everywhere. Yeah. So, and I think Jackie was meant to be like 20 or something yeah. when, you know, so 21 or something. Yeah, so she'd be like early 40s. Yeah. But she seems older. That character comes across as older, right? Yeah. Like in her worldliness and her yeah, demeanor, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't see why she would want another child. It doesn't like doesn't strike me that she'd be happy with that. But oh well. Why does Pete not get sucked into the void when he turns up to like you know he zaps in and he's like grabs yeah, 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 yeah. he's very solid in that moment. I'm like yeah. he doesn't look like he's being sucked in and no. Rose is being actively sucked in. I'm like 
amazing acting from the doctor and rose when they're being sucked into the thing and they have to hold on to the levers which legit look like they come from the Titanic. like i feel like they came straight off that set that's where torchwood got them torchwood is like very chaotic in its aesthetic because you've got levers from like the engine room of the titanic juxtaposed against prime 2005 bluetooth headsets yeah I think we have to remember that Torchwood was founded by Queen Victoria, remember? Oh God, yeah, so maybe those levers have, have come through Industrial some Revolution. Yeah. Also, nice little throwback to one of our previous themes about patriotism and how it's terrible. Yvonne Hartman, who takes such pride in serving her country, right? And like Ooh, restoring the British no, Empire. No, dude, I wrote down big colonizer energy. Yeah, like quick. It's yuck. I think this is a clear example of how quickly nationalism turns into imperialism. Yeah. And then even as she's dying, she's like, I did my duty for queen and country. Even when she's like a Cyberman, she keeps repeating that. Like, that is... I know, and I think they're kind of trying to build that connection, right, to that Queen Victoria set this up and this was her aim and, like, Yvonne is, like, really drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, she believes in the mission. Yeah. Of, like... British Empire. Through tech supremacy. Turn of the 19th century. Like, yeah. I think, I hope it felt weird at the time, but I feel like it probably didn't feel as weird as it does now. I think it is played off as bad, though, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. why no, she dies. But, but, like, not like, it's, like, viscerally, like, I have, like, a gross reaction yeah, to it. Like, yeah, that's the whole empire thing, I think. It's just yeah. really uncomfortable talking about the British Empire. Because nothing good ever came from the British Empire. I suppose tea did. No, actually, tea came from China. No, well, like, massive plantations in a very problematic way in India and then getting it to Europe in mm. a cheap way. Like, yeah. Woo, capitalism. No, I do don't, like, yeah. <laughs> That's how we get our iPhones now. <laughs> Never forget. Um, I think it's interesting as well. You mentioned before about Rose's prelude to all this, how she was yeah. saying how, you know, this is the story of how I died. I had nothing, blah, blah, blah. She's quite, she seemed quite depressed about the state of her life. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it, she describes it as having yeah. nothing. I don't think she was depressed at the time. She seemed quite content in her life. Yeah, great point. That through these experiences, she's been like, oh, actually, everything else was shit. My house, my life was shit, right? My, yeah. Everything was shit. And now she's depressed. This is so because, great. And I do believe that she's depressed mm. at the end of this because she's like, she's grieving, right? And I think yeah. depression is a natural yeah, 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 after effect yeah. of grieving. Um, but the way that she talks about, you know, she had no prospects, no life, no drive. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, she was happy in that moment. She was happy with Mickey. She was happy with her shop job. Or we're supposed to believe that she was just lying to herself and she was never happy. I think maybe she was, yeah, like, a bit unsatisfied, but... Wanted bigger things. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. But, like, I think the point you made before is a great perspective to view this through is she is so fucking young. Mm. And it's easy to forget that because Buddy Piper was, what, 23, 24 by this point? Mm. 24, maybe 25-ish. And she plays a bit younger than that. But she comes across as quite worldly. Mm. And it's hard to, I mean, like, 19 is so young when you've literally, like, lived in this bit part of London, been raised by a single single mom in this apartment and had, like, a fine life, but a very average one and not in a judgment way, but just in an average life. And now she's had her world totally blown wide open by space and time travel, but doesn't have, like, the life experience. But I just, yeah. The perspective, maturity to be like, actually, this is... The time travel thing is the weird shit. Yeah. Like, it's not that my life before was bad. It's just I've had such a crazy non-standard experience now that 
I just honestly I honestly just think she's become overly reliant on the doctor to give her life meaning right which is why she's like oh my life is over now she could still have an amazing life she could still make an amazing Mm -hmm. life for herself she could have done that without meeting the doctor as well we don't know how her life would have turned out what she might have done who she could have been exactly and I think even the doctor is a bit shocked at how quickly she's willing to cut people out of her life right and just be (laughs) like yeah no I'll stick with you Mm, I think you just, in a way, this is just a lesson to not make one person the center of your world because it can just crush you and you should have worth outside of another human. Don't put your worth in someone else, an external force, right? Not to get all woo-woo, but find self-love. No, but it's true, right? Like you, if you pin everything on your one particular person and how you view yourself through them Mm. or through the experiences that they give you access to literally anything can happen right we all like relationships end friendships end people die people die and if you don't have a kind of essential core that's something to fall back on which she's 19 she yeah i mean that. yeah. she's not that sense of self no and so yeah it's really tough you hope that she finds some way to be happy and i get that in the moment you're in the fields she's deep in the fields mm. she can't see that perspective but like She's seen so much stuff. Think how much you could do with that. Like, think what you know about the universe. Think of the information you have access to. Like, she can make a great life. The end of it as well, isn't it like a year later when she goes back to Bad Wolf Bay to see the doctor? It's like, oh, it's quite or a like lot of time. six months. Yeah. Or like, there's some passage of time. Yeah, yeah. it's not immediate. No, no, no. But she's not. obviously still deep in the grief. Just like, you know, the equivalent of staring out of a rainy window looking sad all the time yeah it's, yeah. The, it's the twilight chapters that are just <laughs> months yeah, yeah which yeah, i still yeah. think hands down the best depiction of depression in a novel you'll ever see literally just months on a page and nothing else empty blank pages mm-hmm. that's what depression's like yeah nailed the it go nothing's happening <laughs> just time time continues to pass whether you want it or not Maybe this is a good time to talk about that beach scene. Mm. I I don't know, maybe I'm getting a bit... I don't want to get um, too cynical. Yeah. But I feel like it just came across as a bit worthy. Like it was trying to be poignant. Like trying to be like... So full disclosure, I've never cried at this scene and people always weep at the end of this episode. So I think I... This is really interesting. I think I cried the first time around. I think mm. I cried when it was in real time and I was, what, 17. But now this time I was like... Eh. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I think just because I just was, I just never bought the relationship between them. Mm, I never really bought, like I don't know. It just felt like it didn't really feel that deep to me, and so the the whole thing. I'm like, oh, this is too yeah. over sentimental. Like, yeah, true, okay. Yeah. And also the way that he can't fucking say it. He's like, yeah, Rose, no, Tyler, like, I, and then no, we just get it. Like it's like it's really toxic mm. to be like baited with this thing of I love you, but. Also, just waiting so long, like he really drags it out. He's like Rose Tyler, like you're burning yeah, up a no, star no, essentially no, no, no. to say this to her. So you should have just come out of the gate, yeah. and yeah. you don't Be say like, it. I and love then you. We have to this see him. It. Yeah, we have to see him standing in the TARDIS, all sad, and then immediately a new adventure comes along, and he's like, "What? You know, like I just." Yeah. I'm currently watching Love Island with my housemate, and we're yeah. watching an, an old season that she thought I would quite enjoy. By which I oh mean, God, which I just, it? it's season I, seven. Because oh. um, I just like eviscerating the men. But there is a guy on this season who season. refuses to say to the girl that he loves her, despite the fact that she has told him she loves him. And he keeps going, oh, you love me, you love me. And every time she seeks any kind of reassurance from her, from him, he's just like, well, you're my girlfriend, so it's fine. But he won't, he won't fucking say it. He won't yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. say the words. And that's what she needs. And I feel like that is what yeah. Ten is doing. He's not saying what he, ne- what she needs to hear. And he kind of giving all the signs that, oh, she knows. And like, she knows how I feel. But if you fucking feel it, 
and fucking say it. Yeah, Don't do this yeah. weird little dance. I'm not into it. Thank you for that recommendation <laughs> because I've seen a couple of Love Island seasons, but not for ages. Like mm. I'm not up to date on it or anything. But if season seven is good, I don't think I've seen that one. I quite so enjoyed it, I'm and there's watch. like at least one non-problematic guy on it, which is more than the season <gasps> I'm currently watching. Okay, don't tell me the name because then I will yes, try and advise. See if I can identify. Advise that would be great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because we're also watching the current season that's coming out, and it's just every man on it. It's just I want them all to drown in that pool. <laughs> It's so yeah. too much to ask. Are they still doing all jokes, the catchphrases? Jokes, jokes, yeah. Of like, if get your head turned. Yeah. It oh, is what e- it is. Everything's a test. It's a test. It's a test. In the real world, you get tests. I'm like, no relationship gets tested. Like, get fucked. Like, if you were like... Oh. Anyway, this is not a Love Island podcast. <laughs> Let us return to the matter at hand. <laughs> Shall we do standout moments? Um, We should, because I've got some more notes, but they are unintelligible to oh, me. Oh, I now. love that. Love that. Um, for example, I wrote, Dalek plunges head squeeze. Oh yeah, when they kill the guy and they go super fucking weird. Yeah, that was some weird CGI actually. And then I've done Mickey exclamation mark exclamation exclamation mark and then arrow to it's like Stephen Hawking versus the speaking clock. Oh, I think that's a quote he said when you're seeing the Daleks and the Cybermen. Oh yeah, and I was like, that's so fucking inappropriate. When he's like, it's like Stephen Hawking versus the speaking clock. That is offensive. Yeah, that's to not great. Professor fucking Hawking, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Okay, that's why I wrote that down. Yeah. Mickey no, disappointing us. We thought he'd come back, but there we go. I just actually, I'm glad you brought that up because this reminded me of the Daleks and the Cybermen. I just love how bitchy those Daleks it's are. It's amazing. <laughs> it's literally incredible. So, a standout moment. It is not war. It, it is, is pest control. control. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, our species are similar, though your design is an elegant. Daleks have no concept of elegance. This <laughs> is obvious. Identify first. You identify first. You must identify first. Oh, this one. You would destroy the Cybermen with four Daleks. We would destroy the Cybermen with one Dalek. You are superior in only one aspect. You are better at dying. (laughs) Why are they capable of this level of sass? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but I don't care. I just love it. So much. I used to have a keychain that had catchphrases on it from Daleks that you could press. And one of them was, this is not a war, this is pest control. (laughs) We just press it all. It is not war, it is pest control. Amazing. (laughs) Fucking amazing. And it's quite cool when you see all the Daleks like coming out and like all the stuff. It's nice that they fight each other. In a way. that Like, the humans are actually just superfluous. Like, it's not about them at all. The battle just happens to take place on Earth. Yeah. Because they just assume, like, to to those beings, I guess we're just, like, cattle. Yeah. Yeah, we're, like, dumb, lumpen, Yeah, the, yeah, the Cybermen just need us to convert. Yeah. But. Yeah, they're just, like, we're just, like, fleshy. Yeah, gross. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. Matter for the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Much like capitalism. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are we cattle? In the capitalist machine. Mm-hmm. Should we put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Titles of your own merch coming soon. Stand by. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was just my stand-up moment. I just love how bitchy yeah, they 100% are. Exactly the same really one. into fucking it. Fucking love it. Yeah. That's um, all I had, really. <laughs> yeah, no, same. Overall thoughts. The ending of season two, like, the farewelling of Rose, like, you know, I was just like, it's just sad. I just got a bit bummed out. I mean, it is a very, I think it is a poignant kind of ending, this idea that don't build your life around one person. Yeah, 100%. And also don't get so 
caught up in your own hubris that you think everything can be fixed. Like, I think that it is quite a, a telling thing about this idea that there are some things that you just cannot change. And that's why I think grief mm. was an interesting topic because yep. we can't fight death. Regardless of them no. thinking that, you know, ghosts are coming through and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's the only thing we're guaranteed of in this life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could happen tomorrow. It could happen right now. It could happen anytime. And that's why we must live our lives fully. And live your life for you. Yeah. Knowing that, I mean, Rose and the Doctor are a, a stark example. Like, they are not the same. Mm. Like, he will regenerate. It's a type of death, but it's not. She is human and is going to have a finite human lifespan. Mm. And, I mean, I made this note, like... The episode was kind of sad, and the Doctor brought a lot of sadness to her life. Yeah. Like, yeah, she got all these incredible experiences, and hopefully, we never see this, but hopefully, through years and therapy, she'll get to that place where she can pick out the good and and be healed. But Mm. he just does this thing, and we've talked about it before, I'll talk about it again, where he comes in, he fucks shit up, and then he leaves. It's that throwback to the Raynette episode, which is like, we both know the Doctor is worth the monsters, right? Is he, though? When yeah, you are a grown... Like, Sarah Jane Smith, does she still think that? You know, when she's... In her 70s, a life alone, mm. never having a family, waiting for him. Yeah. That's so fucking sad. And, like... He's on such a pedestal. Yeah, and you can see why, because it's stuff that you would never experience. Like, it would be amazing, yeah, yeah. but I... I think I would be like, okay, that was fun. Cool. Bye. Nice Kentucky trip. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I'm not a great example because I'm such a fucking home bear and I'd be like, the adventures are great, but also I just want my sofa and a nice cup of tea. Such a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think this is why I really like Martha, but we'll get into that with season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Which is coming soon after we watch the Christmas yeah. episode. So shall I wrap it up for us? So uh, yes, please. Next episode, we'll be back with the Christmas special, Runaway Bride. Let us know your thoughts by emailing own at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out the show notes for links and all the other references discussed in this episode. And we'll promise we'll try to be back in two weeks <laughs> yeah. rather than a no, month. No, we can do it. We can do it. Um don't remember this special at all no surprises I've basically remembered nothing I do remember not being a massive fan of Catherine Tate right interesting um but I don't know what that's based on and that might be total bullshit and I really enjoy it so let's, let's see. see yeah yeah love that all right uh cool fun let's go bye, you bye. pizza see you soon pizza yes bye, bye.